0: Good morning, uh, t- <laughs> good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to this episode of Supply Chain Talk. My name is Alastair and I am your host this afternoon. So the format is, for, for those of you already familiar with the uh, the show, is that we'll start with um, a news item uh, which I'll discuss with my first guest, and then I'll bring on the other three guests that we have today uh, to talk about the article before we move on to our main topic of the afternoon, which is supply chain leadership for 2023 as always um, please do take part on the um, chat panel and the Q&A to to join in the the discussion and ask any questions Um, we can't promise to answer all of them especially with uh, with such a a great uh, panel today but we'll we'll try and answer those questions that we can and for the best contribution of the afternoon uh, we will be awarding a treasured supply chain talk mug so uh, the questions are always welcome. So, uh, let me bring on my first guest, which is Professor Mamun Habib um, from several universities in fact. Uh, welcome, um, uh, Mamoun. Uh, I'll just wait for you to appear there. And um, the article, um, perhaps, sorry, uh, Mamoun, perhaps you'd just like to very briefly introduce yourself and then we'll, we'll, we'll talk about the article.
1: Habib. Uh, this is Professor Dr. Mahmud Habib, uh, Professor uh, Supply Chain Management in Independent University, of Bangladesh. Uh, I'm the visiting scientist in the University of Texas Arlington, and in fact, uh, I'm involved with the supply chain arena for more than twenty years uh, as an academician as well as a consultancy on supply chain, and also I'm involved with the PhD supervision on supply chain management. That's right. all about myself. Thank you very much.
0: So um, the article today is from um, The Economist, and it's a very interesting article, which um, you'll see on the screen scrolling through briefly. There's, There's too much to take in. So just briefly to describe it, it looks at the automotive supply chain and in particular the fact that there's been a really big change in how that's being run by Tesla. So not surprising that we've got a disruptive manufacturer there. So for the past 50 years, Automotive manufacturers have tended to outsource most of the manufacturing process. So they've really just focused on design, supply chain management, and assembly of uh, components already provided to them. Whereas Tesla, I think, given first of all their approach and also supply chain turmoil, they very much reverse this model and are really going heavily into vertical integration, including, for example, striking deals directly with lithium mines so they're getting the raw material for the batteries they then make the batteries they then make the car so a very different approach and strangely though comparable to um ford a century ago so so a ford motor company a century ago owned their own rubber plantations to make the raw material for tires they owned their own steelworks so this is a very different approach um that tesla are introducing compared to what's been going on in the past few decades. But Funny enough, going way back a century ago. So, uh, Mamun, g- given that, is, is this a sensible strategy in these days to de-risk the supply chain, or is it perhaps overreacting to short-term issues and risk bringing in inefficiencies by trying to do everything yourself? Thank you so
1: much. Uh, In fact, you raised a very good issue. Uh, uh, this news item what we noticed uh it's just like the lineup uh, uh, based on the like the automotive industry and uh, we believe this the model for the next generation and uh, if you go back 20 years before uh where the venturing like, automotive industry was the, like like uh, the digital and the, the model and now they're uh, doing the electric model and question, what the question is changing raw materials, part of the Liam or something. Uh, are they on the outsourcing? Now uh, they move like the in house sourcing. Okay. So, Mamura, I'm just going to uh, interrupt you there. Uh, <laughs> uh, <but> it's not a question, but I believe, based on this kind of disruption last uh, three years, the pending <laughs> and now the change in Ukraine work. Okay, uh, Mahmood, Mam- I'm going to have to.
0: Okay, f- 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 I think we, we're just having to refresh Mahmood because the sound was was really very poor for him. So, so uh, apologies for that. Let me meanwhile then bring on the rest of the panel and um, my other three guests today are Christiane um of Indorama Ventures, uh, a chemical. Hey, J- <laughs> <laughs> we're having everything today. Uh, Jay Kuganti, um, who's um, at Esther Lauder Companies and Alexa uh, Cheetah, who is um, at Kinaxis, uh, a software specialist uh, for supply chain. Um, so perhaps, first of all, while, while we have everyone here, perhaps we have some brief introductions. So, so, Christian, if you want to just very briefly introduce yourself.
2: Yeah, thank you, Alistair. Uh, my name is Christian Gordillo, I work for IVL. IBL is a global chemical company. It's one of the world's leading petrochemicals producers of polyester the company has today 140 manufacturing sites across the globe today i'm i'm based in mexico uh, in the country we have six manufacturing sites and uh, my current role is on supply chain and procurement for for the country of course and i have a team of 47 administrative members and and that's basically it
0: Okay, thank you. So, a, a lot of people to lead. We'll, we'll get on to that yes. in a minute. Um, uh, moving over to Jay, perhaps um, again a very brief introduction.
3: Yeah, good morning, good afternoon. Uh, Jay Coganti uh, from Estee Auto Companies. I lead the digital transformations for the company, uh, been with the company for almost no, 17 years. Uh, I lead end-to-end uh, planning transformations or in uh, broader supply chain transformations.
0: Uh, Thank you. And, And finally, Alexa.
4: Yes, absolutely. I'm Alexa Cheater. I'm the director of product marketing for Canaxis. Canaxis is the recognized leader in supply chain planning software. We help companies of all sizes across industries around the world get the supply chain agility and resilience they need to thrive during times of disruption. In my role, I've had a lot of opportunity and a lot of privilege to get to speak to a lot of supply chain leaders over the past decade. And it's my absolute privilege to be able to share some of what I've learned from them with everyone on today's webinar.
0: Fantastic, thank you, we we'll look forward to that. Um, so, so perhaps, Christian, just turning back to the article about you know Tesla's disruption of the automotive supply chain, what, what are your perspectives on, on, on the way they're moving to vertical integration?
2: Yeah, sure, I, I think supply chain disruptions has been a major theme in the past 24 months. From business perspective, those companies that were integrated were as well considered a reliable supplier to customers. I believe the industry will fundamentally shift toward to higher appreciation for those who can provide a regional supply chain or either a local supply chain
0: okay thank you
2: and, and, and Jay
0: kind of you know, your perspective obviously Estee Lauder has a huge global supply chain. Um, you know what, what what do you think about the idea of this vertical integration?
3: yeah I have two perspectives one a little bit of short uh, you know short range one is a longer range. I, I understand where this is coming from. I think this is probably more of reactionary given all the disruptions you know a lot of companies supply chains feel they're out of control right in securing the supply lines in a short term i do think you know probably uh, most critical uh, ingredients or inputs that goes into supply chain having a better control going by vertical integration makes sense uh, but in a long term it doesn't make sense right it, you need to build a collaborative integrated supply chain because you can't make everything it's not efficient it doesn't give the scale So I think in the long term, you have to build a resilient supply chains. The short term, it does make sense.
0: Okay. Thank you. Uh, Alexa, your perspective, I mean, do you think it's something that is only for the most mega organizations and otherwise it is just too inefficient?
4: Well, I think there's certainly some risks with with creating inefficiencies for sure. And I think where you're going to see smaller organizations struggle is we're on the precipice, sorry, having a bit of trouble with my words there, of a multi-year global recession. And so... Mm -hmm spending all this cash to get closer to your suppliers to create that vertical integration is opening up smaller companies to risk not everyone is a tesla not everyone has that kind of available cash flow to be able to do this and companies that are going to push and and be very reactive like jay said based on the disruptions we've had in the short term may end up harming themselves even within the next 12 to 18 months as we had a recession they may not have the cash flow to do this but they'll push for it anyways and that could have disastrous consequences for them you know two years from now when their their business can't survive
0: thank you alexa okay so it's a big investment so mamun i for yeah. the technical issues but back to you so so maybe yeah. if you want to recap some of the things you were saying originally yes so. yes.
1: uh uh what i uh, i was trying to say the uh, the very one uh, critical issue the vertical integration what the tesla they like to follow so, if you like to do the vertical integration, uh, so you understand that the raw materials to the like the like uh, processing, that uh, outsourcing, and everything will be in the one umbrella, and the, it will be the within the Tesla. Though what the uh, Mr. Joy already mentioned, this is short term, or maybe the but if you think that, like the long term plan in collaborative way, hopefully it's not possible for the other automobile industry. But the question is that uh, what we happened? Uh, what happened the last two years during the COVID period? We understood the one thing is that everything uh, earlier we were thinking the like the macro supply chain but due to the supply chain disruption nowadays we are trying we are trying to think about the, like the mini operating models like the micro supply chain in that case this tesla what they're doing uh, maybe this is one kind of new concept based on the supply chain disruption and maybe there's a long way to have to think whether it will be sustainable or not but i believe that this is the one way we have to think how we can uh, uh, how we can control the supply chain disruption particularly the COVID situation and then uh, Russia you can worry as well.
0: Thank you. Okay. Thank you.
1: Um Christian perhaps sort of t- t-
0: introducing a sort of a slightly different sort of aspect to this, one of the things the article mentioned was the fact that, that it's not just batteries and things like that for electric cars which are critical, but also just the whole software. And there's there's been a lot of talk over the past, you know, many years really that, that cars are now you know <laughs> complex computers on wheels. And, and there's been a lot of talk, you know, for, for years and years, of will Apple go into car manufacturing or design or whatever it might be. But is there something around kind of vertical integration to give you real control and real innovation rather than having to depend secondhand on your suppliers doing the innovation? You know, where does that fit in, do you think?
2: Well, I think uh, Alexa described that very well because not everybody has the leverage to do that in their companies right and those who are really vertically integrated will have an advantage of course right and this digital transformation it's as well something everybody is looking for and probably it's the trend for future that will for sure help on the supply chain, you know, disruption and all that. Okay, no, thank you. And Jay, I mean,
0: kind of maybe from your perspective, someone like Estee Lord, I mean, do, do you tend to um, to kind of expect your suppliers to innovate or is that absolutely what you do and, and you've got control of what you need to control?
3: Yeah, I think a co-innovation is part of our DNA. I think, uh, I don't think you could innovate everything from a single company, single enterprise, right? I think we do expect a lot of our suppliers to do innovations. But a broader point is, I think uh, uh, we are competing in a platform economy, right? Everyone likes to build their own platforms. It's a networks, again, it's a network, Uh, whether how you you build ecosystem around your customers, your suppliers, right? Uh, Having a platform, actually, you'll have a better control, the whole ecosystem, right? That's a mindset, a lot of company, probably uh, Tesla's investment uh, shows actually in the direction uh, not only that, even your point about, you know, software, you know, they're trying to build a software that is also part of the larger mindset around how do you be, build a platform you could compete in a broader scale.
0: Yeah. OK, thank you. And, and Alexa, kind of you know, anything you'd want to add on all that? I mean, obviously, you, you, you've got the Absolutely.
4: software. I, yeah, yeah coming, coming from a se- software technology vendor, you know, I, I think something that a lot of companies are overlooking is the, the skills to help them innovate here there's this push to get into software there's push there's this push to innovate in their supply chains, but they may not have the experience or expertise in-house to be able to do that and that's where that network effect of working with partners and working with others in your in your ecosystem are really going to help drive value for your organization because realistically. There are only so many people that are going to be experts in the type of software that you're trying to build and we're already in a talent crisis across supply chain and a bunch of other areas and this is just going to add another layer of complexity to those talent wars that companies are facing because now they're going after software developers and they're going after people with different expertise than they've historically tried to target into their business and the market of of people with that skill set is small so i think there's tremendous value in doing so but i think an organization who wants to take this on completely alone is potentially opening themselves up to risk because they may not be able to keep or secure that talent long-term. But if you work in a network effect with your partners to co-innovate, you have a broader group of resources around you that you can pull from. And it makes things a little bit more stable and easy to do that innovation. Thank you, Alexa.
0: That's a, that's, a, that's a great sort of link, actually, to uh, <clears throat> on the people side of things into our, our main topic of the day: supply chain leadership for twenty twenty three. And obviously, you know, talent acquisition and talent motivation and talent retention is, a, is an important part of that. So, so Mamun, I don't know whether that's the first thing you would like to talk about, but you know, interesting. You know, ha- how much influence can a leader have in 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 the talent in their organization in their supply chain organization?
1: Yeah. Thank you so much. Uh... I like to start in this way. If you look very carefully that uh, when you are thinking about any organization, uh, supply chain organization, they have the like the like in terms of employees, uh, some of them age 30, some of the age of 40, 50, 60 plus. The question is that how they are capable to come up with this kind of uh, new leadership style. And now it is we have to keep the one thing is the technology driven. I again remind the term the technology driven and then the next question will be there that uh, we how we can cope up this kind of uh, scenario like the COVID-19 situation like this is disruption because the leadership style will be like that that how we can cope up with this kind of scenario so first of all we have to come up with the decision that uh, how we can adopt the lead, uh, technological advancement in the whole organization it will start from the like, raw materials to the until the finished product delivery it will start from the supply end to the until the customers end but what I said, that the question is that all employees, there? Uh, they are capable, they, they have to maintain this kind of leadership style when the technology will be there, in addition to the human leadership style. So this is a very interesting thing, that how we can cope up with this scenario. And another one thing is that when you work on this, uh, like the, this kind of situation, so we have to think of the future, like what will happen after five years, again, this kind of disruption will come up. So how we can sustain this kind of uh, uh, this scenario. So in that case, maybe leadership will go to the, like the next option is that they have to think nowadays, the buy where you make and make where you sell. So what I said earlier, many operating models. So maybe in that case, you have to come up with some decision that the suppliers, that our first target supplier, first tier supplier, second tier supplier, if you could not get the first tier supplier, go to the second tier supplier. Because we know that there most of the raw materials coming from the different countries, particularly the China and other countries. When there was a lockdown, it was very difficult to cement the whole supply chain. So I believe that now leadership, uh, the next leadership, they have to think uh, how they have to go to the like the, this one, like mini operating models, and then uh, how they have to come to like the, uh, the secondary suppliers, uh, like the third tertiary supplier. So at least you have to the alternative of the supplier.
0: Thank okay. You thank you so yeah i guess a reminder that that leading supply chains is is a hugely complex thing it's not just your own organization to to think about christian what's your perspective on 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 leadership styles and how it's evolving
2: yeah i think we we are exactly in a very interesting moment because we are basically combining four different generations today right and uh you you will start from from baby boomers of course and x generation and Y generation, we are basically millennials, right? And the Z generation that are centennials, because actually companies today, we have centennials right there. And guess what? They are becoming leaders, and they are becoming managers, and they are becoming bosses from, from different organizations, right? And I believe something that differentiated older generation, that new generation, it's basically that... In the past, it was normal to be a long, long time in an organization from probably starting as a trainee and then achieving a leadership uh, position after 30 years, 35 years, right? Mm -hmm. Today, that perspective has changed. There is nothing um, that probably driven people to stay five years more than that so that I believe that's something we really need to understand first where are we standing by in to, in my current organization 80 percent are millennials and centennials today so it's 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 hard to manage that part and I believe the most important it's this idea of employee and subordinate it's no longer there it's not even well perceived so what it's good today is to have a mentor and it's to have a sponsor in your organization to grow up. That's,
0: that's, a, that's a really interesting perspective. That As you say, there's such a perhaps more than in, in in previous times that that difference between the generations, what they're looking for from their careers, what they're looking for in terms of, of work life balance and so on is, 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 is so different, I think, to what it used to be. Jay, what are your thoughts on on that issue or or if you want to bring in something else around this whole leadership debate?
3: Sure. I mean, there's a lot to unpack from a leadership standpoint, but uh, I would leave like two thoughts here. I think really the pandemic is a pivotal moment in a global supply chains, right? We all recognized our vulnerabilities, risks, you know. uh, Suddenly, it came to the forefront of everyone. Two things. One... I would say, you know, we, I think we, a lot of supply chains still doing a lot of firefighting, to be honest, even today, right? Post pandemic recovery, rebound. So, one important thing is we haven't uh, uh, been innovating fast enough in supply chains. If you look at other industries, right? Whether it's a software, technology platforms, right? The innovation is much further ahead than supply chains. So, one thing for all leaders is how to create the space and capacity for innovation and excellence. I think we need to be mindful, especially given a lot of firefighting still continue to go on. Right, that's one thing. The second thing I want to leave uh, <clears throat> to think about is, I think you know, the world we left behind is very deterministic, we a very linear, deterministic world. The world where we're going is very volatile. We we have seen it. We continue to see it. So how to operate with the mindset, even from the the sea level all the way down to the shop floor, ability to look at, you know, scenarios, for example, right? Ability to having both hindsight and foresight. So we could really anticipate what are the different things could evolve and be prepared for it, right? That's a new reality of supply chain. It's a new mindset, new skill. We need to train most of the supply chains across the globe.
0: OK, no, thank you. So, again, it's, we're sort of, it's sort of the challenge of leadership is is, is is harder and harder, isn't it? Because on the one hand, you've got the different generations, you've got people who may just want a nice steady job and, and you want to motivate and retain people like that. There's other people, a lot of people you want to be absolutely embracing change, thinking about change and so on. So it's a it's a it's a massive challenge, isn't it? Um, Thinking of scenarios and so on, I guess, Alexa, that's that's the world of your company's software of, of helping plan scenarios. I mean, again, ha- how that relates to, to leadership. Uh, welcome your thoughts there.
4: Absolutely. So this may be a bit controversial coming from a technology vendor like myself, but um, I don't think it's a technology driven approach here for leadership. It's a people first approach. That's something that we have heard from a lot of organizations that we've worked with over the last couple of years. Teams are burning out. Leaders are having to motivate people through very difficult, challenging times. It's very volatile. As Jay mentioned, it's going to continue that way. Technology can help, but it, Implementing technology for technology say, as a leader just to say I've checked the box and we're doing a digital transformation exercise and it's being driven from the top with no bottom up support is going to lead to failure. People aren't going to adopt the technology and they're going to go back to old processes. Your supply chain is going to be disjointed. You're not going to be able to manage the complexity like Memon was talking about earlier. It's a big job to be a supply chain leader. But you have to focus on the people first, the people on your team, the people that are your peers. There's a whole new skill set coming in around business acumen that supply chain leaders are going to need because they have to be more closely connected to finance. They need to be strategic players in an organization. So for me, it's actually not about technology. It's not about the ability to do scenarios. Um, It's really about people and empowering them, enabling them, augmenting them through your leadership style and investing in the right technology that supports them as opposed to replaces them or makes their lives more challenging.
0: Great. Thank you, Alexa. You mentioned an interesting point there, kind of thinking about the strategic side of things and having to work closely with finance. And Mamun, if I can sort of turn to you and and sort of introduce another sort of question. Are are supply chain directors still just too junior? They're, They're just, they're kept off the board, aren't they? They're very rarely sitting on a main board. They report into maybe the operations director, the COO, or they report into the finance director. Is that still what you're seeing or, or do you think that that is changing and should it change? Should, 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 should the supply chain director now be on the main
1: board alongside that finance director and COO? Thank you so much. Uh, it's a very good issue that, uh, that the day is coming, day is changing. Now, supply chain uh, people, they should be the leadership position so that uh, they have to be the, like the CEO or the supply chain director with the, like, the top level management. At least you have to take that position so that they have to understand the whole chain uh what the uh, our alexa and others they already mentioned the one thing is that that how we can resolve the firefighting issue so we have to go to the like the like people at first ethical uh, uh, ethical leadership style so when they are the supply chain leaders they have to the top level management if they are the ceo so they have to come up with some decision that how they have to ensure ethical uh, ethical approach will be maintained in the whole supply chain including the human resource and then what we we said that we have to get the mindset That, you know, our traditional thinking is that we have to go to the operating level. Supply chain people, they have to work in the operating level. And they have to report to the finance report, to the CEO and other something. They like to see the report or something. But now we understood that no. But when you think about the like the like supply chain person, that are in uh, supply chain uh, professional people, they're involved in the uh, the supply side, they're involved in the factory side, they're involved in the distribution side, they're involved in the retailer side, everywhere. So they have to manage the whole supply chain. They have to manage the whole human resource. So that's why in the top position in the supply chain professional people, supply chain leaders, definitely we can add some values. But in that case, we have to change the traditional mindset. We have to go to that kind of mindset that how we can involve the all-human resource with the ethical point of view. Okay, thank you. Christian, over to you. Um thoughts on the on the
0: board thing? I mean, how does that work in, in, in your organization? Does the supply does supply chain have enough of a voice, do you think?
2: Yeah, I I I think so. Uh, I believe that new generations came to refresh the work environment, and they came in in for good, definitely for good. I believe the issue here is we want to be quick to succeed, and nothing is that fast. Nothing happened in that way. We need to understand the dynamic of every single organization and every single moment because to start disappointing in a work it is possible because we believe that we will open one door and then you will you will be now a a leader there and then you open the next door and you will be a manager so it's a matter as well of discipline and it's a matter of not necessary regarding motivation. And, and probably people it's looking to, to be motivated all the time and it's not necessarily that part. It's more uh, the sacrifice that you need to do as well to understand, to learn, and as well, how you can be dissatisfied with things that are not really happened, right? And And probably that's the way, how I can find a vision to be in a better state and the belief that I can achieve that better state in an organisation.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, so meeting the individual's needs. Um,
2: Jay, can, can I sort of bring in something as well?
0: Seeing as obviously again, you 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 very much had a sort of I, I guess you know international experience in your in your long career at Estee Lauder. How does how does leadership vary in your in your in your experience across different countries? Do you have to adopt very different styles depending which teams you're working with and where they're located?
3: Yeah, no, I think for not only a lot of any international company, right, Cult- there's a huge cultural diversity, right, across the globe. I think how do you build, you know, diverse teams so that it's not only cultural diversity, they bring, you know, different thought process, you know, the ideas, you know, that could flourish in a, in a very, you know, diverse uh, environment, right? Um, my my thinking is, you know, it's always that diversity is a central to innovation, right? Uh, that drives, you know, wherever I've seen, you know, we have a people coming from Asia, you know, the Europe and you know, different parts of the world. They always bring, you know, competing ideas, right? That really make overall the idea better, right? Mm-hmm. So I think a diversity is central to the excellence. And uh, definitely, uh, I think, you know, supply chains are recognizing, uh, we need to push more women leadership, you know, African American leaders, you know, Latinos, you know, especially in US. You know, there's a big opportunity to get the diverse backgrounds into supply chains.
0: Okay, no, thank you. So, so yes, yeah, so you you see the big 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 opportunities by having so many different international teams to really get different ideas and so on co- coming through. Alex, you you mentioned you've had you know the privilege to to talk to many different supply chain leaders over the years. So you, again, very very interested in your perspective on that.
4: Absolutely. Diversity of thought is something that I hear from a lot of organizations that I've had the opportunity to speak with. It's something that they all recognize as a way forward. That can be something like generational diversity, the way that Christian was talking about. Make sure that you're listening to your younger generations who may bring ideas to the table that you hadn't previously thought of. Cultural diversity, gender diversity, um, even diversity within who's having conversations about supply chain within your organization. Bring in finance, bring in marketing, bring in sales, bring in people outside the core supply chain function to get an outside perspective on what's going on. And that has remained a critical piece for organizations that we've seen see great success over the last couple of years, because that's how innovation is born in these, in these leaders' supply chains. That's how they're able to stay ahead of constant disruption and volatility and out-innovate the competition because they're open to new ideas. And that only comes with diversity across not just the leadership team, but the entire organization.
0: No, thank you, Alexa. And actually, it's interesting, that shines with my own experience, because I mean, we, we tend to, you know, supply chain is big enough as it is, and we tend to be thinking about supply chain, but actually that understanding across the organisation of what supply chain does, what it can deliver, you know, how it can enhance, you know, every part of the organisation, you know, your sales, your products, your customer proposition, that that is so important. And and I can remember in some organisations I worked in where we, we we developed a supply chain course for non-supply chain people, so they really understood um what the supply chain you know did for the whole organization um moving to a, a question that's been posted which is a really really nice, nice simple question and perhaps we'll go around each of you in turn starting with you Mamun. but what are the attributes what are the key attributes to be a successful supply chain leader so i guess this is allowing our audience to to take away your top tips to be a, a successful supply chain leader so uh Mamun, over to you with that one first of all <laughs>
1: Okay, so let us start in this way, that uh, uh, we have to patronize. If the software leader, they have to patronize the total quality management, TQM. So it should be the TQM, total quality management at every level, strategic planning, operating level. And definitely, it will be patronized by the top level management. It will start from there. So when they have to work on the total quality management, the question will be there, how is it possible to manage this one? How they have to ensure the continuous improvement? How they have to ensure the stakeholder satisfaction? so already the joy and the alexa they already mentioned so the diversification in terms of the human resource gender cultural variation so we have to involve them we have to create the platform in the organization so it should be the like the uh, problem solving environment the leaders they have to patronize the problem solving environment rather than problem creating environment and so no need to blame to each other and we have to go to the like proactive leadership style rather than reactive leadership style so proactive thinking and it will come from the like the every end Maybe the, like the operating level, or maybe the planning level, whatever, that you have to appreciate. And definitely, they have to think about the, like, what I said are the ethical leadership. They have to maintain the ethics everywhere. And then, definitely, there is the next question with the globalization. So how they have to move with the internationalization? We, now, it is the, any country is not the isolated from the other country. It's very connectivity. So we have to come up with some, this kind of thinking that when we are working the whatever, the global platform, what is happening, and how we can connect with them, because we have to work with them. So these are key. Some of the key points I mentioned. I believe the other uh, participants they have to add a few something. Thank you. Okay.
0: Thank you. So
1: as we carry on round, Christian, what, what, what are your thoughts on, on the on the, the key
0: attributes for supply chain leaders?
2: Yeah, I I think I'll start the 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 if we are able to create the perfect combo between generation, probably it's the best way to do it. I mean, the stereotype of maturity, respect, experience, and intelligence. And on the other hand of, you know, the way of being dynamic, active, fresh, and out of the traditional, that basically new generation are, and they dominate all these things, concept of equity and and things like that. That's what I believe.
0: Okay, so getting that, but that getting that balance, it's it's a big challenge, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, Your your thoughts on that question?
3: Yeah, I think I would say, I think the business acumen comes to the top of my mind. I think supply chain uh, exists to serve the business, right? How do you really, I think, go beyond your traditional supply chain domain, think about what it means to finance, what it means to sales, marketing, right? Putting yourself in other shoes you know, other shoes, is probably very important trait a skill, especially in these times where there's a lot of volatility, uncertainty. That's very important skill. Uh, second, I think uh, it's about the leadership style, the authentic, uh, creating a teams with the purpose, dignity, and uh, multiplying the energy for the teams, right? Those are very important traits to be successful. Third one I just touched upon, You know, uh, the world is not going to be linear anymore, right? How to think ahead of the times and prepare, right? And being be ready for the, you know, the disruptions, you know, that's a very important trait to be successful in the new world.
0: Okay. Thank you. And Alexa, finally, your 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 thoughts on that one. Everyone's
4: covered so many great great yeah. attributes already, but if I had to add one to the mix or two, it would be open to change. Mm. Someone who's flexible enough and and visionary enough to see that a new way forward. be the path to success and they aren't stuck in the past and they aren't stuck in rigid ways and then having the ability to manage that change and lead a team through that change and motivate them when times are tough and you know implementation isn't going well or there's a new disruption or you know the next covid level disruption hits the company how do you manage through that kind of change and, and keep everyone motivated so i think for me the the biggest attribute is really that ability to have that open mindset and be Open and willing and able to lead through change.
0: Okay, thank you. So, so, so actually, you perhaps to turn to the the third point that we had on the on, on the agenda, sort of un, un, underneath this topic, which was you know having effective board level communications, and particularly. Kind of yeah you know, that that building that business case to invest in well whether it's a technology solution or or any major solution and, and and I'm sure we've all been in in situations in our sort of working lives where we've been you know part of a team to to, to propose a really major investment whether it's a factory or a warehouse or a total change to supply chain or technology or whatever so uh, kind of that is that is a critical part I guess of supply chain transformation to react to the the changing uh, business world so. Again, any tips there? We start with you, Mahmoud, on, on, on how do you get those, those business cases across to make sure they get approved when there's so much else fighting for, for the, the board's attention and, and fighting for
1: investment? Thank you. Uh, first of all, uh, our whole relationship like from supplier to customer should be the, uh, like a digitalized so that uh, we don't want to go to the directly face-to-face interaction every time and uh, sometimes it uh, creates a lot of issues so it is the one way we have to think uh, how we can ensure that uh, supply to customer and every end top to bottom like the strategic level to operating level that all kind of information sharing will be digitalized so that we know need, no need to come to the like, direct communication uh, all the time yes we have to do this uh, direct communication but in that case we have to come up some of the way that how we can uh, apply the technological advancement there and we believe that suppose if you think that like the when you question of the procurement you like to purchase the raw materials and you like to think about the like the like uh, inventory how we can select like, inventory warehouse so definitely the technology advancement will be the better option like artificial intelligence in that case would be the one option automation the one option so we can see that uh, the how would our suppliers and and we can come up the decision which would be the best option and we can come to the decision so rather than the like the practical party uh, like our manual operations strategy so definitely, the technological adoption would be the one solution. But again, the, when you do the, like, the communication, the top-level management, management stuff is very difficult, because they are thinking, and the supply chain people think it is different. But our, we have to come to the one uh, ultimate goal is that uh, we like to do like, sustainable organization development. So when the top-level manager they can create this awareness among the all people, how we can improve ourselves, how the organization will get the benefit for sustainable level, particularly any kind of situation, how we can resolve. Then I, we believe that the technology would be the on the kind of solution for them. Okay, thank you. Christian, Have you sort of
0: had, you know, maybe you can think of, of, of examples where you you've seen, yeah, that worked really well? We we got that board approval just surprisingly, you know, <laughs> smoothly when we were going for a big investment. Have you have you have you got some tips on where you, where you've seen that work really well?
2: Uh, n- not really at this at this point, Alastar, but but uh, but I think. The challenge is and will be to fight fighters, because Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, disruptions has increased over the whole supply chain. And Mm -hmm. for me, the, 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 the best takeaway is that the cost saving is no longer the number one priority for us. Probably it's to develop team skills and to develop talent. That's the best way to do it in order to achieve what everybody is looking for now which is to make money because at the end of the day companies are forced to be profitable yeah
0: okay
2: jay and alex i don't know if you want to add anything else there or, or otherwise we just move to a
0: sort of perhaps a final topic um unless you also i but... do have
4: one thing to add actually do, and that do. Where I've seen the most success with companies who have been able to make the business case to the board in, in digital transformation, and we've worked with a lot of companies to help mm-hmm. do this, is to hit on the pain points, right? You have to you have to push on what, what the company is feeling pain around and really understand how the supply chain supports, not just the financial aspirations of the business and how improving supply chain efficiency also improves cash flow and protects revenue margins and those types of things, but also the reputational risk of the, the organization. There's a lot of emphasis at, at a great deal of companies now around ESG. Um, environmental social governance initiatives Mm -hmm. sustainability making sure you have an ethical supply chain and consumers are demanding that you're able to do that that you can track all the way down to the farmer who delivered the grain that was put into the bread that went on the store shelf and that everything along that chain was done ethically and in an environmentally friendly manner and the only way you can do that is to gain the transparency that you get by making a digital transformation. You cannot do that. You will not have that level of visibility and transparency unless you make the investment. So you put your company at risk by not doing it.
0: Okay, that's interesting. So that relates quite nicely, I guess, Christian, to what you were saying about firefighting. So I I think, you know, it may be an immediate pain point which has to be, you know, quelled immediately, or it may be, you know, ESG, you know, potentially huge risk if you don't deal with it point. JJ. Yeah, Alistair,
3: one additional point I just want to bring, especially when you're talking with the boards, right? Uh, very few companies master the way to perform and transform simultaneously, right? That's a big issue. Some companies are great in performance, mm-hmm. but they're way behind in transforming and the ability to adapt to the changes, right? That's a great... I think one of the biggest thing is very intentional capital allocation, a lot of supply chain historically uh, you know, they, they couldn't get the right capital allocation. That's part of the reason we are way behind in the technology curve, right? Mm. So I think COVID gave a tremendous opportunity bringing supply chain to the front page, you know, everywhere we talked about supply chain. So this is an opportunity really to make a wise capital allocation and put a lot of energy on the transform part because still we are way behind on that.
1: Mm.
0: Mm. Okay. So so maybe as a sort of final final point from each of you then, you know, ha- has has COVID been a help or a hindrance? You know, in terms of of actually really highlighting just how important supply chain is, and and therefore giving it that 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 better lead that better opportunities for leaders. But what do you think, Mamun? Is it, has it has it proved to be a,
1: a positive in the, in a way for supply chains? Yeah, definitely. You know, everything you have the pros and cons, right? But if you think that like supply chain the, uh, the disruption during the COVID period. We believe we got some of the few ideas how we can resolve this kind of disruption. So definitely, I'm very optimistic uh, for, for, for the future leadership, supply leadership, 2020-23 uh, or onward. Uh, they have to learn how they can cope up with this kind of scenario. Now they have to re- refresh their mind. So we have to go to the like the like, uh, short-term to long-term plan. And we have to go to the like the, like the proactive leadership, work-life balance, because the, most of the people, they work from the home as well. So they have to mentor the family. How they can, uh, uh, they can uh, adopt this kind of scenario. And finally, what I said that organizational development, sustainable development. We have to think how we can make sure this one, I believe this is the one kind of lesson from the COVID uh, for the supply chain leadership for future.
0: Okay, thank you. Christian,
1: has it been an opportunity?
2: <laughs> yeah, I think it was the best example of speed for digital transformation. Probably it took us like a month, no more than that, to be everybody ready there and we were able to prove that being at home we were actually even working more hours than in the past and and, and given the extra mile that every organization is looking for I I think that's basically my takeaway on that
0: okay so so the, bit, the the real big transformation was actually just yeah. the, the hybrid working the working at home yeah Jay, what are your thoughts on on what? Yeah, is- I think
3: I, I use uh, Albert Thomas, the famous quote, right? What does not kill you make you stronger. Mm-hmm. I think we are much stronger now, and uh, resilient is a key word. We're going to be stronger, and we're going to do very well in coming decades. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Great. Thank you, uh, Alexa. Your, your thoughts on on what COVID's done for supply chains?
4: Yeah. I. I mean. It was certainly a challenging time. There's a lot of chaos, there's a lot of pain, there's a lot of stress that went into a lot of people's lives. But I think what it provided, particularly to circle back to the leadership topic, was that it gave leaders the opportunity to rise. So those that were gonna be strong leaders, it gave people the opportunity to step up, to have more of a voice, to get that strategic seat at the table and really prove the value of supply chains. And that worked out really well for some companies and others and other supply chain leaders struggled. So it, it allowed those those leaders who are going to take us into the next generation to really thrive and, and rise up to the challenge and and kind of unfortunately spotlighted some of those that are maybe not maybe suitable to be the leaders in the you know the next five years mm-hmm. because they couldn't survive the challenge that was in front of them
0: yeah yeah no challenging times do 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 filter out people that, that's for sure great well we we've it's such a wide topic i'm sure we could have kept going for for a long time but um Thank you very much to, to all my guests. So, um, Professor um, Dr. Mamun Habib, um, to Christiane Gordillo, Jay Coganti, and Alexa Cheetah, um, been been really really great um, to have your contributions and um, and to, to to be able to kind of. Flow around all of you so 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 smoothly. So thank you for that. Um, we had some great questions from people, and um, I'm sorry we didn't have enough time to answer all of them. But I think um, it will have to be another mug to Eshwar So Eshwar uh, thank you. You're, you're 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 building up a tea service over there. Um, so we'll we'll be sending you your supply chain talk mug. And finally, as a reminder, our next um, episode is uh, next Wednesday, the 12th of October, 4 p.m. GMT plus one. Um, and our topic that we, uh, next week is going to be on using real-time data to deliver a resilient supply chain. So uh, a lot of the topics we've talked about today, I guess, will be uh, coming up there in terms of um, coping with supply chain disruption. So thank you very much, everyone, and um, look forward to seeing you next time. Goodbye. Goodbye.
1: Thank you. Thank you.
4: Thanks, everyone.